Welcome to the Village Health Show. I'm Dr. Matt Klingler, a physical therapist here with a really cool guest today, Ronica Patel, Dr. Ronica Patel. Uh, she is a physician. She practices locally in Arcadia, yeah? Yes, Optum in Arcadia. Awesome, and she's a patient of ours. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into her story here at Village, her, her health journey, uh, as well as some really cool insights she has to the medical world today that I think will be really valuable to you, the health conscious consumer out there trying to maximize their health potential. And that's really who this podcast is for, people over the age of 40 that are trying to live the healthiest life possible. That's something I'm incredibly passionate about. I know you are too. And so I wanna start with who you are, your journey, how'd you get into medicine, and uh, how'd you get to where you are today, career-wise? Yeah, so I grew up around medicine. My mom's actually a family med doc, so I kind of oh, cool. got to see, yeah, I kind of got to see like the lifestyle, the variety of patients that she has, and I just remember running around in her office as a little kid, and she has this wall of photos of, because she used to deliver babies as well, and so she has a wall of all the babies that she delivered, and then that day she had the kids come in like growing up and be able to see them. And then you really do just end up seeing the whole family too. So I really liked that connection you can make as a family med doc. And so um, I kind of decided, okay, this is what's for me. So I went to undergrad at USC and then I did a master's out at Western University and then also did my uh, DO degree there. So similar to MD, but DO also does like more of a holistic approach. Um, so a lot of people don't even realize they have a DO as their physician instead of an MD. And we learn a lot of similar things to physical therapy. We do a lot of muscle manipulation and things like that too, which is, I thought was really interesting to kind of look at the body as a whole. And then that would apply in the, in the future with my patients too. And then I went back to USC for residency, couldn't get enough of that Trojan life. <laughs> um, and then I was there till 2019. And then I joined Optum in Arcadia as a family medicine doc there. And I've been there since and I love it. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so you sound like you have a very holistic view just based on knowing you and talking with you. Is that something that you had before you went to DO school or, or to med school? Or is it something that you kind of cultivated after I feel like it's gotten stronger in the last couple years. And I think that's more because my fitness journey has also grown in the last several years as well. So being able to incorporate both of those things together definitely helps me with that holistic approach too. Uh, my training was in a county facility. So being able to see that type of population and having such limited resources makes you kind of have to think out of the box, right? Mm -hmm. So that helps them now when I have a population who does have resources to think out of the box and kind of go more minimalist and hmm. helping them figure out things through lifestyle, diet, exercise, things like that. Instead of the classic doctor who's just like, oh, you have this, here's a pill. You have this, here's a pill. You know, hmm. just that polypharmacy gets out of control. Yeah, definitely. That's something I want to get into a little bit later today. Um, so you said you're kind of fitness journey you've gotten more into it in the last couple of years tell me about that what do you what do you do for workouts normally when you're not recovering from from knee issues so I joined CrossFit actually my uh, second to last my second year in residency my friend introduced me I was really hesitant initially because you hear people like oh CrossFit you'll get injured you'll get uh -huh. knee pain back yeah. pain but I actually did a research study for uh, a journal review for uh, residency and I did it on CrossFit injuries. Oh, cool. Okay. And so they did a whole bunch and they realized that the reason why people get injured is because they have poor foundations in coaching. Mm. 
So with CrossFit, there's no um, one structure across the board. You can mm-hmm. just open a CrossFit and call yourself a CrossFit. But I learned, you know, foundations and stuff like that is super, super important. So I decided to be a trainer. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. so you're certified. I'm certified. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. So two years ago, I got certified. I do coach now about twice a week out in CrossFit Monrovia. Um, and so I do promote my patients to come see me and work yeah. out with me too. That which is, is so cool. cool. Yeah, it's really fun. But I really liked that the current gym I'm in, they really focus on foundations. No matter how many years you've been there, they they will keep an eye on you. And if mm. you're, anything is wrong with your form, they will have you drop weight or mm-hmm. just kind of focus on that too. So I really appreciate that. Um, so I think just being a trainer as long as well as being a doctor has helped even more so my practice with my patients. That That is very cool. Okay, cool. Um, so fitness-wise, obviously you've started strength training, you've started doing metabolic conditioning, things like that. How have you noticed that that's changed your, you? How have you noticed it's changed your your mental state, physical state, how you feel, um, and things like that? Yeah, definitely, it's always a positive impact. You know, even on the days where you feel like, man, I'm so tired, I'm so sore, just to get out for like a three mile walk makes such a big difference and it sets kind of the tone for the day. For me, during the week, I do go after work to the gym. So I feel like that's my one hour of like, quote unquote, meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, I can just zone out. I don't think about work. I don't think about anything else and just kind of de-stress that way. Um, I also run half marathons. So definitely the strength training and stuff has helped with that for Mm -hmm. sure. So overall, I mean, there's nothing negative about exercise that I can think of, you know? Yeah, definitely. Cool. And so then you tore your ACL, correct? No, I am my meniscus, lateral meniscus. Okay tore your meniscus, doing CrossFit, running? I think just over time it was tearing and then whatever movement I did that day just was tired of me working it out too much. Um, but I think it started back when I was training for the LA Marathon and I did that during residency. And so as a resident, your time is so limited. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like, okay, today I'll just go out and do 10 miles without properly um, progressing the runs and stuff. So I think that just caused the injury there. Okay, got it. And you had surgery, uh, how long ago was that? April 21st. April 21st, yeah. okay. And then you started PT here at Village mm-hmm. pretty soon after that, right? So I was in one month on a brace, and then I got my brace removed right before Memorial Day weekend, and that's when I came in here that week. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what has your experience been like here since then? I am still shocked how fast I'm progressing and returning back to my sport. I even have my friends at the gym amazed that I'm able to do like little short runs and I'm already lifting almost as much as I was lifting before my knee injury. So I, it's just a blessing. I'm just amazed at the human body and how much help you guys have given me too. Cool. Yeah. It's been awesome to work with you. I love, I love when we get to work with people that are really dedicated in terms of, you know, you tell someone to do something and then they, they do it exactly like you tell them to do. And it's like, wow, it really works well when, <laughs> when people follow your advice and coaching. Um, cool. So yeah, what, one more question about PT wise here, and then we'll, we'll move on. But how do you feel like, so we're a private PT practice and that means you know, we don't work with insurance companies, but we also get to spend a lot of time with our patients. Um, how do you feel like doing PT here has been different from like a traditional PT practice, PT mill, things like that. I've never experienced like a traditional oh, PT okay. practice, but from what I've been reading and stuff online, cause I, that's how I found you guys through Yelp. A lot of PT locations have like a PT aid mm-hmm. doing stuff. Uh, I even actually, my patients have told me 
when I send them to PT for their like knee injuries and stuff, they said they showed up. PT just gave them a list of exercises and that was it. Mm -hmm. So my actual view of PT, that's how I thought it was. I never realized there was so much hands-on manipulation. So I really like that here. And I like that I have consistency here too. I see and know my PTs that I work with really well, become friends almost. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. I like that a lot. Cool. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, I'd love to jump a little bit more into your fitness journey. I know you are a, you know, an avid worker outer, <laughs> avid <laughs> fitness person. Um, you also wear a whoop. I'm curious to know, uh, you know, whoop for those of you that don't know is a heart rate variability tracker and heart rate variability is basically a measurement of your body's ability to respond to stress, how ready you are to take on stress and also just kind of your general health state. So, uh, both Ronica and I wear a whoop. So what have you learned from from wearing whoop and tracking your your workouts, sleep, et cetera? Yeah, actually, it's interesting having whoop on as I was recovering from surgery. Um, just, of course, my strain never went above four during the month <laughs> really? I have off. But <laughs> oh it was nice to see like your heart rate, resting heart rate, everything kind of stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they come out with that monthly performance assessment, right? So I looked at mine this morning and you can see the months where I had surgery, mm. had the recoveries, not really doing too much exercise the first month compared to now. Like I had a drop in my HRV, not by too much. And then now that I'm kicking things back up again, it's nice to see it return kind of where it was before. But it's super useful in kind of knowing how you feel, how much you should really push yourself that day. Mm-hmm. I will admit sometimes I don't listen when I'm in mm-hmm. the strain. I'm like, no, I want to do this today, kind of push myself too much. But um, it's been really helpful for sure. Cool. That's awesome. Um, well, cool. We've, we've loved working with you. It's been a blast. I, I would love to now kind of dig into uh, the healthcare world and talk through some of the problems you feel like the the average person is facing in the healthcare world. So um, what do you think are some of the top, let's say, three things that are the biggest problems in healthcare today um, that face the average healthcare consumer? Yeah. So just in general, we do have an aging population. Mm -hmm. So I feel like number one is definitely polypharmacy, meaning that lots and lots of medications are given to patients as kind of like a Band-Aid for stuff. So for me in my practice, whenever I have like a senior patient or anyone come in, even for the first time, I have them bring in all their bottles and you'd be surprised. It's like a bag full of bottles. They have multiple bottles of the same thing. Half the time, they're like, I don't know. My doctor just gave that to me, so I take it. I'm like, does it affect you? I don't know. So it's kind of it's sad to see that, and especially with the seniors who don't really have too much guidance or support, they do get confused, and everything at the end of the day interacts. So medicine at the end of the day is still a chemical that's made in a lab. Mm-hmm. It's going to interact with everything else. So I usually am. I warn all my patients, like, I'm the doctor who takes away meds. I promise you, you'll be leaving with less bottles than you came in with. So I definitely see that being a problem in our in the medical field now. The second thing I would say is just the education that some like primary care doctors that we have in relation to lifestyle and fitness impacting your medical problems. So you, they don't teach you in med school. They just say, hey, exercise 150 minutes is the recommendation. No one really goes into strength training mm-hmm. and kind of how that benefits somebody. So I feel like more education should be placed on that because that's going to help senior populations, anyone. And then creating those habits when you're younger will 
reduce the cause of uh, the likelihood of having disease in the future as well. Um, the third one I would say is just general education on lifestyle too. Same thing, mm -hmm. I guess, as I said, number two, I guess it's worth two spots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I think people in their twenties and thirties don't think what they're doing now is going to harm them for the future mm -hmm. or also just saying, Oh, well, my parents had diabetes. I'm just going to get it too. It's just, it's not always genetics. It's going to mm -hmm. be what you're doing now affects you in the future. And realizing even though you have this problem with high blood pressure, diabetes doesn't mean it's forever. You have the power to kind of get that gone essentially without having to use medication. So cool. Let's jump into the first one, sure. the polypharmacy. So what are some of the most common medications that you see over prescribed that you're like, we can get rid of that? Or is it different for every person? I think it's different, but I would say pain meds for pain sure. Meds, really? Okay. For so sure people are on like meds. chronic all the time, everyday pain medication. Yeah. And aren't they dealing with chronic pain? Yes, they are. Okay. But it's also just constantly around the clock having that, you know, Norco every wow. six hours, That's you know, stuff. it's strong stuff. You'd be amazed and, or people just instantly give that when anyone has pain. Same thing. It's just a band aid at the end of the day. And then also anti-anxiety meds. I find a lot too, like, mm -hmm. Oh, you're, you're having panic attacks. Here's some Xanax, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of those stronger things too, rather than really looking into why do you have this pain? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel anxious? Like what is going on that we can prevent, you know? Okay, cool. And so if, if somebody doesn't have you as their doctor, which you sound like you're an awesome doctor, um, how would you recommend opening that conversation with someone's doctor? How do they go to their doctor and say, Hey, I want to take less medications. Um, do they just say that or, or yeah, what? I would, I would have someone totally, I would say, Hey, you have to take charge of your health. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, Hey, I'm taking all these meds. Like, is there anything we can cut down on? And Hopefully there is a doctor that's going to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's see what we can do. But I think with the time constraints that we have with a, you know, 20 minute visit really is five to seven minutes. Mm. It's hard for some people to feel like they can take the time to do that. But I think it's super important. That's the only way we're going to help people get healthy. Yeah. And I, I would think that the people that speak up more, that advocate for themselves, they probably end up getting more time from their physician. You know, yeah, the I more think, questions you have. Yeah, and I think we appreciate someone coming in kind of a little more educated with, you know, doing a little bit of research. Maybe they read, oh, this medication has this side effect. I'm kind of feeling this way. Maybe I should just bring that up. I think a lot of people just don't have that education or just maybe they feel shy or, you know, like, oh, that's a doctor. I shouldn't question a doctor, mm -hmm. right? So. Okay, and then what about like cholesterol medications, statins? What? Where do you stand with that? Should people be getting off of them? Should they be making changes to their diet? Obviously, we, we can talk about exercise in a bit, but I'm kind of curious where you where you land on that. Yeah, so I know there's different recommendations based on, mm -hmm. you know, if you have diabetes, you should be on a statin. But I also think that if you can control your cholesterol without the statin, that would be ideal, right? So there's a time and a place for a statin. If someone comes in and their triglycerides are like three, 400, then sure, they may benefit from a statin. But if I like to give patients time, I, if their numbers are high, I'll call them and say, hey, look, you can either start medication today or you can promise me three months that you're really going to focus on this. We'll repeat your labs. And if it's still high, I'll warn you, we'll have to do some medication. So just giving people that time to really figure out what's going to work for them. That's such a good strategy. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, okay, here's a statin. 
end up taking statin forever, you right. know, instead of realizing, okay, maybe if I cut back on, you know, McDonald's or whatever, then mm-hmm. they can improve it naturally that way. Okay. Is that a pretty common medication that you see overprescribed? Um, statins, definitely. Yeah. Statins and actually um, omeprazole, mm. anti-acid medication. Okay. People are on that so chronically, and they've done studies showing that if you take that longer, it actually makes it worse. Gosh. So, and it's meant to only be taken six to eight weeks as a trial, and then it should go away. Um, but yeah, I, I read that article recently saying that actually makes your heartburn and acid worse if you're on it for such a long time. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then what about people with diabetes? What what are some of the medications that you see prescribed for that? Obviously, like insulin. Yeah. So metformin is the number one med. And so same thing with diabetes. There's a time and a place for those meds, right? So if someone's borderline, maybe between seven and eight, I would like to give them a chance to That's change. That's A1C. Their, yeah, levels. A1C. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I would like to give them time at least three months again to bring that down without medication. But if we repeat in three months and it shoots up high, then we have to have that conversation to have those medications added. But at the end of the day, they all have side effects, right? So they can affect your kidneys, your liver, all those things too. So, Got it. Okay. Um, let's dive into number two, okay. which was the fit fitness. That was, I believe, like number two. Like a health education, like, yeah. Okay. I know the traditional advice is, my perception at least of like the traditional health advice is like, you need to get moving more and eat less. Mm-hmm. Like those are like the two things that people are given as advice. Like eat, eat less move more, go out for a walk every day. And my personal opinion, what I've seen in the research is it's like, it's frankly, it's not enough. It's not enough. We need to push our bodies pretty darn hard if we want to be really healthy. Like if you're okay with standard American lifestyle, getting a disease, yeah, maybe a 30 minute walk a day is is okay. It's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really need to push our bodies. So what are some of the things you coach your patients through? And I know uh, and then also I want to dig into how do you get people that have no concept of strength training to start strength training? Because here, you know, people walk in here looking for strength training and coaching. So are, are people come in here kind of ready to receive that? But what do you do with your patients to get them to start lifting weights and getting more active on a higher intensity level? I think first is to make sure to, if it's someone who's never done any exercise ever, if they could cut de- cut in 30 minutes of walking at least for a month and be consistent with that, then I think my next conversation with them would be like, okay, you've got 30 minutes of walking down. Now let's add in at least two to three days of strength training in there. Now it's hard because I wish I could be like, oh, let me send you to this trainer and yeah. you'll be good to go. Um, but I reference like, oh, you can look up things on YouTube. I mm. tell them they don't necessarily have to jump and lift weights, but just body weight stuff, pushups, squats, things like that. Um, I actually had a patient last week. She's in her 70s and she couldn't get out of a chair without having to use the hand or the armrest. Okay. And so I kind of brought that to her attention. I said, you know, that's that shows that we got to work on your strength training. Mm. I want you to be able to get in and out of a chair without having to struggle with the armrest. And so she kind of had a light bulb moment there. She's like, I'm walking so much, but you got to add that strength training. So it helps when they're seniors because they have the silver sneakers plan so mm-hmm. they can kind of gym hop. So it's nice to have them do just those simple kind of tests in the office. And then they realize like, oh, shoot, I should be doing a little bit more of this too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, do you give people specific advice on 
what strength training things to do? I just tell them two to three times a week and then just body weight to start out with. And then from there, they can progress. And I encourage them if they have a local gym where there's a trainer or someone that can watch them to make sure that their form is okay. That would be ideal because I don't want them coming back, you know, with another injury or anything like that. So Okay. That makes total sense. Cool. Um, and then one, one of my last questions for you is related to where healthcare ends and self-care begins. And really, I'm curious to know what, like for somebody that does take care of themselves, that is healthy, that is exercising consistently, what role should medicine, should someone like you play in their health journey? Like what role do you want to play in an ideal person's health journey? So I would just want to be there for more support. Like at the end of the day, we just want to get better and better Mm -hmm. and healthier and healthier, right? So I would want to be there just for support. I don't want to be there for medications or anything. I want to be kind of like their cheerleader, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of, I like when I'm able to see patients progress and you see their numbers change and just the simple changes that they make, they get more motivated to do that. So I think my job really is to help them continue that motivation or even spark that motivation for them. I have patients walking in and I can say, Hey, we got to lose 15, 20 pounds. But I always ask them first, are you mentally ready to do that? Because if you're not, then I'm not going to give you my whole spiel because it's one ear out the other. Right? So I feel like that's the first step is mentally being ready to take that big leap and step. Hmm. That, that is a big deal. Cool. So I, I love your approach because you you know you're not so black and white where you're like medication is always the answer or no medications ever it's like no there's a time and a place for various medications you just need to be smart about it and you need to try lifestyle and diet interventions first um to to handle it so uh, i do have another question for you (laughs) what are what are some of the dietary things that you coach your patients through is that something you get into in specifics or not really yeah i love talking to them about diet actually i just recommend for them to have at least one protein source with each meal okay um so i initially start with the patient asking them like hey what did you eat for breakfast yesterday and then we kind of break it down that way and instead of changing their whole day i like to say okay this week focus on having a good breakfast After you've got that down, then you can have breakfast and lunch. After that, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So kind of making small changes because if you're like, hey, don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that, then it gets overwhelming for somebody to actually be consistent and stick with it. So one small change at a time, whether it's, okay, let's do less bags of chips this week or whatever they feel like is realistic for them. Hmm. Cool. I have another question for you. (laughs) I love that. Um, You also seem to have great work-life balance. Um, is that something that you just determined at the start of your career? You're like, I'm going to have work-life balance, or is that something that you've had to try and fail at? I think it's just something that I've always wanted. I've seen my mom work endless hours, but it's also a personality type, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I'm at work, focus at work. When I'm not at work, I don't have to worry just because I have so many other things outside of work that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way to keep your mind fresh and healthy for your patients and avoid that burnout. You know, that's the part of the self-care that's so important because if you're constantly thinking about work, doing work, then there's no like enjoyment in life. It almost is like, oh, I have to go to work. Instead, it's like, yay, got to go to work. Can't wait. You know, Mm -hmm. so you have to find that balance to keep it enjoyable. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's awesome. Cool. So my big takeaway from just talking to you today has been Uh, that people need to make small, consistent changes as they're getting started, and then they need to advocate for themselves. They need to 
talk to their doctor. If they want to get off medications uh, that they don't need to be on, they need to go and talk to their doctor and just open up the conversation and be an advocate for themselves. Anything else? Any parting words of wisdom for the uh, health conscious consumer out there? No, I think that sums it up pretty much. And just work-life balance is key too. And adding that fitness in there every day, whether it's a walk, whether it's a run, whether it's your regular routine is really going to make a big difference in mood and everything. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome. Um, you are at, you said, um, just remind me the name of the Optum. hospital. Optum. Optum in Arcadia. Arcadia. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like your patients are very lucky to have you. So thank you for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for having me.